Hello everyone, I'm Paul Nadeau. There's a topic that I speak on quite a bit that a lot of people really don't pay too much attention to. Most of us go about our days thinking that everything is going to unfold and we'll deal with what comes our way in the best way that we possibly can. And that is a good way of doing things, of course it is. However, when we talk about self-sabotage, and that's the topic that a lot of people don't want to really consider, they don't think about it. Self-sabotage, in its simplest form, is when we entertain a narrative that is going to sabotage our ability to work at peak performance or to live a life that is truly wonderful. When we take a look at the word self-sabotage, it's two words really, the sabotage itself is to deliberately damage, destroy, or obstruct something. When we hear the word sabotage, it's usually an industrial situation in which something has been sabotaged, there was an explosion, there was something that was damaged. It was a deliberate act to prevent the operation of something, to damage, destroy, or obstruct something. That is sabotage. When we take a look at the word self, that really has to do with us, right? It is our person. When we talk about self, we can talk about self in a number of different ways. I am myself, I am an individual. So the, the word self pertains to you. So when we put self before sabotage, what do we have? We have ourselves being damaged, destroyed, or obstructed in some way. This is done through the narratives that we tell ourselves. This is done when a little voice pops into our head and it may may come back to something that happened to you when you were a child. It might be that you were told not to do something by an overbearing parent. Maybe you were abused physically, psychologically. Uh, there's a number of different things. It could be bullies. But when we are these young, impressionable individuals and someone older, someone with authority is telling us that we can't do something or that we're useless or that this or that just will never work out for us, that gets ingrained in our brains and it has a way of coming out in the future if we don't deal with it. And that's what we call this sabotage, this self-sabotage. The narrative starts to come back and we start to really question whether we're going to be able to do something, accomplish something, go for what it is that we want in life. So when we sabotage ourselves, we allow these narratives to come in to say, hey, wait a minute, you can't possibly do that. You're not going to succeed, so why would you even try? A lot of people sabotage themselves in thinking that they are not worthy of love or not worthy of a job or not worthy of success. And consequently, they'll settle for something or they'll just get so accustomed to not going for something, it will become part of their nature. We have to really struggle at times to beat that narrative out and to replace that narrative with something positive. Now, a lot of people have asked me, well, Paul, it's not just about thinking rainbows and sunshine, is it? I mean, I'm not going to get out of this state of depression or this state of blues just by thinking good things. And I answer, you're correct. Thinking good things is only a step in the right direction. We have to take the action that goes along with the narrative. So when you replace a dark narrative with a bright narrative, for example, if I tell myself, there's no way I can do this, 
my conscious mind is saying there's no way I can possibly do this so my conscious mind is sending a message to my unconscious mind my unconscious mind is going to listen to my conscious mind picture this picture your conscious mind as the captain of a ship so the captain has authority it's like when you get on a plane the captain of that plane has complete authority even the police don't have as much authority as that captain the captain he or she controls the crew controls the direction controls their space and when we take a look at the captain of a ship way back when the captain would bark orders out to the crew and the crew would obey the captain so if the captain said veer to the left the crew would say veer to the left and they would do everything they possibly could to veer to the left so that's the picture I want you to get in your mind that the conscious mind is the captain the unconscious mind is the crew so if your conscious mind getting back to my example just a few moments ago if my conscious mind is I can't possibly do this the crew my unconscious mind says hey Paul can't do this we can't we can't do this so it's going to sabotage my efforts it's not going to put the energy into getting the thing done because I've already told myself that I am going to fail that I'm not going to be able to do it so let's take a look at something that you may be dealing with maybe you want to shed 15 pounds maybe you want to start building a business maybe you start want to, you want to improve a relationship so I'm gonna to go to the example of shedding 15 pounds you want to shed 15 pounds and when you think about this it's okay summer's coming or whatever the event is coming I'm getting married or I'm going down south I'm gonna I'm gonna shed this 15 pounds it's gonna be amazing and then you tell yourself but I can't I, I just can't I, I can't do that that's a lot of work it means that I have to change my schedule it means that I have to I have to work at it I have to watch my diet I have to start exercising there's no way I can do that I just I just can't and when you start telling yourself that what's your unconscious mind going to do it's going to say you're right you can't so never mind about going to the gym today you can skip that just skip it for today you don't need to do it because you're not going to succeed anyways you're going to try you're going to fail I'm tempting you there's a, a bag of cookies uh, for later that we can actually partake in and make you feel better for not having done what it is that you wanted to do in the first place that's a very simple way of looking at it is that when you tell yourself you can't you're right the subconscious mind will agree with you and the subconscious mind will sabotage you from doing it it will bring in different thoughts you can't go to the gym today it's raining outside you can't go to the gym today you don't have the right exercise equipment you can't possibly stop eating I mean take a look at what's ahead of you you've got all this great pie and this great cake and this great these chips are waiting for you and these cookies are waiting for you so you can't do it I mean who are you are you kidding yourself and so that's the subconscious mind working with and in conjunction with what is told by the conscious mind so the captain really controls the ship next time why not replace that with I will and start really positively believing that you can do it the more that you affirm in your mind that you can handle this you can lose that 15 that you can control that that 15 pounds you want to lose you can do it I am going to do it write it down how bad do you want it this is a question that a lot of people don't ask themselves for example if you wanted to learn how to 
play an instrument. You wanted to learn how to cook. You wanted to learn how to exercise well. You wanted to learn how to start a new business. But you are not ready to put the work into it that is required to succeed, then you won't. How bad do you want it? That's the question you should be asking. Myself, when I am focusing on my health, when I'm focusing on getting into the best shape that I possibly can, what I do is I have a, a sticky note. And the sticky note says, how bad do you want it? I wrote that down on the sticky note and I pasted it right on my fridge. So when I'm going to the fridge to open it, to grab something to snack on at night, and I'm really in the midst of being as conscious as possible about my health and what's going into my body, I take a look at that and I remind myself I want it bad enough to skip that snack. And it is the same when you are dealing with any aspect of your life. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want that job? Do you want that job bad enough to do the research into what it takes to be the best at doing that job? Are you preparing yourself to go for the interview and to sell yourself? Have you reached out to someone to get them to help you through some of the difficult times that, that you may encounter in getting what it is that you're going for? Have you done the work? Let's go down to the instrument. If you are learning how to play the guitar, how bad do you want it? Do you want it bad enough so that you practice every day? Not practice just five minutes or 10 minutes, practice until those fingers bleed. As has been said in more than one song, you've got to practice to the point that it becomes so easy that you can do it and you enjoy doing it. But it does take work. Life is not all rainbows and sunshine, as Rocky has said, and I use that very often in a lot of my talks. Because when we think about it, life is not all easy, is it? Nobody told me when I was young that it was all going to be icing on cupcakes or rainbows and sunshine. Nobody told me that. It's not like life came with this manual that says, hey, guess what? It's going to be easy. No, my experience has been that it's not easy and that it's difficult at times. If we take a look at success, success in life, it really is about handling what comes your way and not letting what comes your way defeat you. There is that Rocky clip in Rocky Balboa, the movie. And for those of you who are not familiar with it, Sylvester Stallone has done a series of movies called Rocky. And they are different themes, different stories, but it is about a character. He's a boxer. And this boxer is nothing in the very beginning to talk about. He's not a big name, but he's given a shot at the title. Somehow, something miraculous happens and he's given a shot at the title, at the world title, world heavyweight belt. And he really takes it seriously. Whereas the contender, his contender, the world heavyweight champion, is not taking the fight between the two of them all that seriously. He figures he's got it done. He figures he's got it in the bag. Well, he is the world champion, right, after all? And who's this guy, this Rocky Balboa, this Italian guy? He's nothing. He comes from nowhere. And I don't have to really worry about him. Rocky, on the other hand, says, well, you know, if I've been asked to do this, I'm going to put my very best into it, and I'm going to do what I possibly can to, to win this thing. And he takes it seriously. 
So how bad did Rocky want it? He wanted it bad enough to train. And he trained and trained for the event. When the event came, his opponent was stronger. His opponent was faster. And his opponent, the world champion, he knocked this man, this Rocky, right down to the mat more than once. But the amazing thing about Rocky is that he kept getting up. He didn't stay on the mat. Now let's take a look at how that applies to life. We go through life and things may be comfortable, but then something happens. And we know that for a lot of people, that's something that happens. It could be loss of a job, could be a loss of a relationship, could be any number of different things. It comes in and hits us as hard as Apollo Creed, Rocky's opponent. It hits us as hard as Apollo Creed did to Rocky. When Rocky got hit on the ground, he didn't stay on the ground. This is where life comes in. This is where I cho our choices come in. This is where we decide whether or not life is going to keep us on our knees or whether we're going to stand up and just keep moving forward. And that's the important thing. Rocky's little spiel on one of his movies was something to the effect of life ain't all rainbows and sunshine. It can be a mean and nasty place and it will knock you down to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. Nobody is gonna knock you down as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you're hit, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Now, if you know what you're worth, go and get what you're worth. And don't be pointing the fingers at him and her saying that you ain't where you wanna be because of them because losers do that and that ain't you. Let's apply that to our lives. Life is going to knock you down and it's going to keep you there permanently if you let it. But you, me, or nobody's gonna hit as hard as life. But it's up to us to say, okay, that hurts. That's really, that, that's tough. I've lost my job, I've lost my income, I've lost something, or I've been told that I, that I have this impairment or that this has happened to me. What am I gonna do as a result of it? Am I going to throw in the towel and just stay here and start sabotaging myself and feeling bad for my life? Or am I going to stand, stand back up and just say, okay, I've got this. I'll make the best that I possibly can out of the situation that I'm now faced with. And it really is amazing how once we start to think positively, once we start to draw from that energy within us and tune that energy up to believing that good things are going to happen, it's amazing how good things often happen. There is this idea, well, everybody knows what paranoia is, right? The idea of paranoia is that people are of the opinion, those who are paranoid, they're of the opinion that the world is conspiring against them. Hey, everybody's against me, nobody loves me, I'm paranoid, I can't do this, everybody's watching, life is out to get me, and that's paranoia. The opposite of paranoia is pronoia. Now, that is the brother, that is the complete opposite. Paranoia, the idea that the world is out to get you. Pronoia is that the world is out for you. It's conspiring for you. So everything is going to unfold for you. That's a little bit of a mental mind shift, isn't it? So if you are thinking that the world's out against you, that nothing seems to be working, what kind of energy do you think that you're drawing from? You're drawing from a low energy, a low belief energy. 
and what you think about consistently becomes the thing that happens. So if you think the world is out against you and you're of this belief, your energy level goes from its potential so high to so low. And when you start thinking that way, it's going to transmit itself in your body language, the tone of your voice, the words that you tell others, the words that you tell yourself, and it's going to broadcast a message to others that, hey, this is somebody I really don't want to associate with. Look how low their energy is. I don't want to be attracted to someone of low energy. So they're going to leave you alone. So part of your, your thought, your affirmation that your, your life is not going to amount to anything that everybody's against you, well, that's going to manifest itself because that's the way that you believe it. And the universe is going to say, yes, you're absolutely right because you're not putting any effort into this world. So if you think that the world is conspiring against you, it is. It is, and uh, that's your life. But if you then decide that you're going to crank that dial up and stop believing that bullshit that you're telling yourself, hey, there goes an ambulance. Isn't that great? It's live. Um, if you start believing that bullshit, that your life is meaningless, that life is empty and meaningless, that there's nothing to this life, then the universe is going to agree with you. Regrettably, you're going to get what you transmit. If you transmit this low energy, that's what you're going to attract, low energy to your life. You're not going to attract much more than that. Imagine this. Imagine you're going to a party. I was at a party last night. Oh, it must have been about 250 people in this building, uh, maybe a little bit more. It was packed. But if I walked into that party with low energy, my shoulders were slumped, my head was down, and I just had to go. Somebody told me you have to go because it's quite a, a great event, but you're going to see a lot of people. And if my heart wasn't into it and my energy was low and I didn't maintain or, or create eye contact with anybody or smile or say hello to anyone, if I brought in this low energy and found a place in the corner to stay, how many people do you think would come up and say, hey, how you doing? Not too many. Not too many because people are not attracted to uh, most people are not attracted to low energy. Somebody who walked into that party feeling this low energy themselves might see you in the corner cowering away from everybody and be attracted to that energy because that's what they understand. So that person may come to you and you might both get engaged in a small conversation about how bad this is and how terrible you feel and that's all the attention you're going to get. On the other hand, if you walk into that party with your shoulders back and your head up and you're smiling and your energy is high, then you are going to attract people of high energy. When you look at people in the eyes and you've got a smile and you say, hi, how are you? They've got a choice. They're going to respond to that high energy with a high yes and high, it's nice to see you as well, or they're going to be frightened by it. But most people will be attracted by it. When we take a look at some of our superstars, the people that we admire on film and television, when they walk into a place, they immediately get attention. And most of them have a smile on their face and they have this thing called confidence. And confidence goes a long way. They believe in themselves. They don't worry about people judging them. They have judged themselves and said, hey, I'm a good person. 
I've got something and I'm bringing something into this room. I'm bringing this high energy, a high value energy into the room. And when you bring a high value energy into the room, amazing things happen because you get what you give. If you bring in high energy, you get high energy. If you're looking to attract someone into your life, for example, if you're single, you're looking to attract somebody into your life and your energy is low. What do you think or who do you think you're going to attract into your life? You're going to attract somebody of low energy. If you are that kind of person that keeps saying to yourself, you know, I always attract cheaters and I always attract people who let me down. I always attract this into my life. What do you think you're going to attract into your life? You're not going to attract that high energy person who's not going to let you down. You're going to attract somebody who sees that energy and connects with that energy and that person's going to be a cheater or somebody who's going to let you down because that's what you're broadcasting. On the other hand, if you believe in yourself and you say, you know what, I'm going to attract an amazing person into my life. I'm going to attract somebody who's got the same kind of energy as I do. Then that's what you're going to attract as well. The universe will gift you with what you send it out. And when you broadcast a, an energy that is of high value, then you will get that high value energy in return. It's just the way life is. So when you think about life in its totality, imagine this, you have control over your life. Nobody else has control over your life as much as you do. Other people may influence it, other people may try to direct it, but in the end, the choices come up to you. I love the word choices because the word choice itself, this six letter word is so powerful. We can choose our attitude. We can choose how we present ourselves to the world. We can choose the people we decide to associate with. We can choose to get into shape. We can choose not to get into to shape. We can choose the words that come out of our mouth. We can choose the television programs we decide to watch or the videos we decide to watch. Choice, man, choice is big. So. What are you choosing in your life? Are you choosing to surround yourself with people who don't raise you up, who don't uplift you, who don't challenge you, who don't feed something that you need fed in your life? Are you choosing to surround yourself with a bunch of coconuts, a bunch of nuts? If that's what you're choosing to do, what do you think you're going to be? You're likely going to be, uh, well, a coconut. You're probably going to be very much like them. Is that If that's a circle of people that you want to surround yourself with, well, guess what? You're going to be coconut. And if they're into drugs and they're into drinking and they're into swearing and they're into nothing that really elevates them to their full potential, then you'll likely get infected by their energy. Again, their energy will transmit itself onto you if that's what you're surrounding yourself with and you will be a casualty of that environment. They say that you are the sum of the five people that you hang around with. And I think that there's a lot of truth to that. If I hang around with a lot of negative people, the chances are I'm negative. If I hang around with a lot of assholes, chances are I'm an asshole too. So choose the people that you're around, the energy that you want to be around. Choice is so powerful. Choose to watch those videos on YouTube that inspire you, that inspire you to be creative or be a better person. 
A lot of us think that it's just going to happen, but it doesn't. We have to put the work into it. We have to have the right mindset. We have to have the right narrative and we have to take the right action. I spoke about this a bit earlier when I said, when people come to me and say, is it just about talking positively to myself? And my answer back then was no, and it still is. But you can see the transition. The narrative is important. The narrative is important to change. You, you change the narrative from I can't to I can, I will, I am. And then you put the action into it. So then you start to examine the things around your world that need changing. The things that you need to work on. This is self-examination. The great philosopher Socrates once said that a, an unexamined life is a life not worth living. And the context, the idea of this is that when we don't examine our lives, how can we truly know what needs to be worked upon in order to get what it is that we want out of life? I believe that self-examination is essential in our lives and I think that we should do it regularly. What does it mean to examine yourself? Well, there's a very simple way of doing it. I coach people to take a piece of paper and a blank piece of paper and put a, a vertical line across it. On the left side of the page, write the things that are going well in your life. And on the other side of the paper, write the things that aren't going well in your life. So be brutally honest with yourself. Write those things, think about your relationships, think about your job, think about your health, think about everything that matters to you, the people in your life, your overall mental wellness and physical wellness, your job, where you aspire to be, and write the successes on that one side of the page. And then on the other side of the page, write the things that aren't going well. So if it's a personal relationship, maybe it's a relationship with a friend that isn't going well. It could be a relationship with your spouse. It could be a relationship with your child. If it's not going well, write that down and just keep writing down the things that you feel are not going the way that you would like them to go. If it's your health, remember I use the example of the extra weight. If it's something that you want to build muscle, well, that's not going quite the way that I had hoped or the way that I envisioned. I have this image that I would like to have this great physique. So I'm gonna write that down. Once you're done that, and it's not going to be a very quick exercise, at least I hope it's not. It's going to be an exercise that may take you a little bit of time to do. And if you're brutally honest with yourself, that's good because I want you to be. When you take a look at the things that are going well in your life, celebrate that. Say yes, give yourself a, a positive yes. That is amazing, it, it's going great, I'm so happy. And then examine how it, it is, that it is so good. Celebrate your victories. Hey, I really worked hard in getting this done. I studied the courses, I did this. I'm always there for my friends. I'm whatever it is and celebrate those victories because you deserve the celebration. Now let's go to the opposite side of the page. Maybe it's a relationship with a friend that's not going well and you're thinking, you know, we, 
we just don't get along or I'm not feeling this this closeness that I once felt with my friend start with yourself have I been the friend that I should be to my to my friend have I been there for him or her have I called have I supported them have I been available have I engaged in meaningful conversation am I the kind of friend that I would like to have and if you see that you are failing in one or more areas by asking yourself am I would I be the ideal friend? Like if my friend is looking at me, are they thinking I'm the ideal friend? And if you say no to it, then you've got to ask yourself, what is it that I need to change? And the journey of anything begins with a single step. Lao Tzu, another great philosopher, once said the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. The idea is that we take that single step and keep moving forward, taking more steps. So more working towards the goal. So if you're looking at that relationship that requires work, how can I start? Maybe start by admitting to yourself and to your friend that you haven't been the best of friends. And you might want to go see your friend and say, listen, I want to apologize to you because I've been really doing some soul searching and uh, haven't been the greatest friend. And I have some work to do. And I value our relationship so much that I am going to do the work it takes in order to be the friend that I should be to you. I hope you give me that opportunity because I, I really care about you. What a great way of starting, right? Just admitting to yourself, number one, that you require work and being vulnerable enough to talk to your friend and admit the same thing, but then to follow through on the words that you say. Because it's not good enough to just say words. It's not good enough to say I love you without putting actions into those words that demonstrate to the person that you've just told that you love or the person that you told yesterday that you love that you do nothing about that to show them that you love them. There's nothing to it, right? If it's just empty words with no action, then those are empty words and people will stop trusting your word. So let's go back to your friend and that you've gone to your friend and said, I've really examined our relationship and I've really failed and I want to improve. And please be open with me and let me know how you're feeling. I have made mistakes and I'm going to make sure that that doesn't happen again. So that's the beauty of commitment. That's the beauty of being a person of your word. And that's the beauty of self-examination. Self-examination to determine where it is that you are and where it is that you want to be and then putting the work into making the effort to repair what it is that needs to be repaired and to get to where you want to be those are a few thoughts uh, about self-sabotage and how we can really improve our lives there's something else i want to talk about and i, I really like this quote i'm a person who takes quotes very seriously. When I, when I come across a great quote, I like to use it often. It applies to my life and it helps me to get through some challenging times. And I've, I've recognized this one particular quote for years. It's simple. This too shall pass. Now, many of us have heard that, right? We're going through hard times. We're thinking, you know what, I just got to remind myself that this too shall pass. It's just like any storm. 
earlier today I was walking up to do this recording and it was raining quite hard and I could hear a little thunder in the background and that's a storm and I knew that this too shall pass there's going to be sunshine at some point after this storm it's going to pass and there's going to be this brightness and at the moment you could probably see the sunlight coming in and it has it passed about 20 minutes ago and it's actually quite pleasant outside so the storm passed and it's true of anything in our life so if you're going through a a point of darkness in your life maybe you're struggling with something you've got some bad news you're you're in, in a place that appears dark you can always tell yourself that this too shall pass that's comforting because it reminds us that there is something on the other end there is, there are brighter days ahead now I bring this quote to your attention to show you something a little bit different that I came to realize not too long ago because I'd been using this this quote this too shall pass to deal with the hard times in my life I hadn't thought about the opposite, the good times in my life. I like to go on YouTube and I like to watch different videos and I'm on TikTok and I happen to be on TikTok flipping through uh, some motivational pieces and I saw Tom Hanks seated at this desk with a number of A-list actors and he's, Tom is excited about something, big smile on his face, he goes, you know, he says, I, I heard this the same, right? This too shall pass. And everybody around him is going, yeah, yeah, I know. He says, yeah, you, you think you're on top, on top of the world, and there, or things are going really bad, and and, and um, you know that you're struggling with everything, and everybody's going, yeah, yeah. You think this is really hard? You're not going to be able to get through it. This too shall pass. And all the actors are nodding their head, yes, yes. You know, they're nodding their head because they know they've been through some tough times. They weren't the A-list actors that they always, uh, or that they are today. It took them some time to get to where they are. And even in their personal struggles, they all admitted that this too shall pass. They've been through dark times. Then Tom changed the direction of the conversation. And he said, you think you're on top of the world right now and that everything is going well? And there, again, all the actors were nodding their head. Yeah, he says, well, this too shall pass. So it struck me. Even the good times will pass. So what does that mean to us? Or how should we take a look at it? We take a look at this too shall pass in the dark times and it gives us faith. More than hope, it gives us faith that we're not always going to be going through the darkness. When we flip it to the other side of this too shall pass when it comes to the good times, what does that tell us? It tells us that when we're going through the good times, we should be grateful. We should recognize it in the moment and try to make the good times last even better or to add to the good times. So if you happen to be embracing someone that you love and you think, hey, this too shall pass, why don't I give just one extra hug or 15 extra hugs? Or why don't I squeeze a little bit harder because this too shall pass? I want this memory to last forever. I want to take an extra photograph. I want to do something special. I want to prolong this day. I want to do whatever because this too shall pass. So think of that quote in both the good times and the bad times. The bad times will pass. Sometimes you're going to have to put a lot of work to make sure that they don't come back or that they pass by the way that you want them to. 
and you've got it because we are capable of so much. When it comes to the good times, if you're kissing someone and you're thinking, hey, you know what, this too shall pass, I'm going to give you one extra kiss. Imagine that. Imagine if you opened your heart that much more because you know that that memory will be a memory, that, that experience will become a memory soon. So these are the times that we really have to think to ourselves that we can do something to make those memories that much better. And some people are going through good times and they don't even think that tomorrow that good time is going to be a memory. So what are you doing to make your memories that much better? What are you doing to make your relationships that much better? A lot of this comes down to what we think about, what we do, what we say. We've got a tremendous ability to create great relationships and great memories. And it really is our life. I said earlier today that nobody is in control of your life as much as you are. And I want you to remember that. Take control of your life. Take control of the things that aren't working. Take control of your mindset, the things that you're telling yourself. And make sure that you turn them around. If they are negative, you turn them around to something that's positive because your life is worth that much. You are, you only get one shot at this thing, right? Time is guaranteed to no one. Thinking about, I'm talking about a whole bunch of different things because as things come into my mind, I just want to get them out here. So let's talk about time. A lot of people think, well, I'll see you tomorrow. Will you? Uh, is that person going to be there tomorrow or are you going to be here tomorrow? We just don't know, right? We take time for granted. But time is guaranteed to no one. This morning when you woke up, be grateful for the fact that you woke up. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't make it through the night. Somebody was driving down the highway. They, they didn't do anything, but somebody else did. Somebody else went through a light. Somebody else did something. Somebody else crossed the lanes, and they're not here anymore. I was a police officer. And in my career as a uniform police officer, uh, which fortunately didn't last all that long, but when I was a, a police officer, a patrol sergeant, it was my job to notify the next to kin when somebody passed away in an accident. That's not easy. And I had to do that with teenagers, like parents of teenagers, because their kid was involved in an accident, got in a car and some stupid idiot behind the wheel was driving recklessly and everybody in the car died. And then I would have to go to the parents who thought that their child would come in a little bit late, maybe parent would say don't you do that again and you have a curfew you have this you have that I never expected that that person coming in the door would be me I had no idea when I knocked at the door at 11 o'clock at night 12 o'clock in the morning 1 o'clock in the morning and the parents opened the door what do you think they thought saw a police uniform in front of them are you Mr. and Mrs. so-and-so are you the parents of so-and-so you can imagine um, it was heartbreaking and this goes back to the idea that time is guaranteed to no one. And it may not be a traffic accident, but how much time do we really have? This is why it's so important for us to live each moment to the best we possibly can, to find that happiness within ourselves and to find purpose in our life that gives meaning to ourselves. I said a little bit earlier, that uh, some people think that their life is empty and meaningless. When we're first born, 
life really is empty and meaningless, isn't it? I mean, there's no meaning to life when you're first born. You're just this little package of energy and you have certain needs, you're uncomfortable, it's bright. You were in the womb for nine months and now here you are and you have no idea what's going on. You're just this empty vessel. Life is empty and meaningless. There's nothing that really means much other than getting fed. And what people do is that they pour things into this empty vessel, into you. They might pour a hug into you, and that's a good feeling. You start to associate that with something great. So there's some meaning that goes along with a smile, with a coup, with some tone of voice that you become familiar with that is a good thing. So that's a good thing being poured into that vessel, right? Imagine yourself as an empty pitcher of water and people are coming along and they're pouring water into that vessel. So eventually it's going to get filled, right? But if somebody comes and starts yelling at you or there's arguing in the background and your little system is receiving that as something very negative, that negativity is being poured into your vessel. As you grow older, life starts to take certain meaning. You start to attach meaning to what it is that people say and what it is that people do. We're meaning-making machines. And if somebody says, hey, you're an idiot, we're going to attach a meaning to that. We're going to weigh that and it may affect us personally because we have attached a meaning to it. The meaning is, this hurts, this is bad, I don't like it, and it affects me. So life then becomes very meaningful, but what we attach to the meaning matters a lot. So life becomes very meaningful. And over time, you have to become your own filtration system. You have to start filtering out some of the negativity that was poured into you. And that means looking and examining every moment and being grateful that you have that moment and that you have the power of choice to attach the right meanings to the things that happen to you in your life. That's one of the great gifts that we're given, the power of choice and the power of attaching the right meaning to our lives. And those are a few of my thoughts on this one podcast that I wanted to leave you with. So, number one, remember that self-sabotage is something that you do to yourself. You sabotage yourself when you start to entertain a negative narrative and allow a negative narrative to control your life. If that's happening to you, if you are entertaining this negative narrative that life is awful, and that you won't amount to anything and that nobody loves you and that uh, nothing great will happen, you've got to change that narrative. Nobody's going to change it for you. You've got to do the work. People may encourage you, may help you, may throw you a lifeline, but the work comes down to you to do. You've got to say, I've had enough. I don't want to live in this sadness, this depression, this state of blues. I have to change my state. My state is dark right now. I have to change it to something brighter. I have to replace that negative narrative. Change it from I can't to I can. I will and I am. And start to talk to yourself as though you were talking to the person that you love the most. 
Can you imagine going to a friend and saying, hey, you're an idiot. You're an ugly idiot and I don't like you and I think that you're a loser and nobody would want to date you because you're this and you're that. You wouldn't say that to a friend, would you? And if you would, you're not the kind of friend that I want. You wouldn't say that to a friend, so why do you say it to yourself? Why is it you look at yourself in the mirror or you're crawling up the stairs and you're, you're just talking to yourself the way that you would talk to somebody that you despised, somebody that was a failure, somebody that um, you had no respect for? And if you're talking to yourself that way, give yourself a shake, give yourself a slap in the face because you don't deserve it. Start to replace that narrative. Start to talk to yourself the way that you would to someone that you truly love. Because when I ask you, or if I were to ask you right now, who's the most important person in your life? If you were to turn around and say, well, it's uh, so-and-so, or it's my wife, it's my husband, it's my child. Yeah, okay, they're on the list of most important people in your life, but they shouldn't be the most important person in your life. The most important person in your life should be you. And this is why you have to take care of you. Let's go back to the example of being on a plane, the captain of the ship. When we're on a plane, before we take off, there's usually a set of instructions that are given to us in the event of emergency. The event of emergency, they said, well, there's going to be these masks, these oxygen masks that are going to drop from the ceiling and you are to take the oxygen mask and put it on yourself first so that you can then tend to other people in your immediate area. It's great advice. Put the oxygen mask on yourself first. That way you don't lose consciousness and you are in a better situation to help others. So let's go back to who the most important person is in your life. Take care of yourself first. Make sure that you are mentally fit, physically fit, that you are talking to yourself in a very positive way, that you are doing the absolute best for yourself, that you believe in yourself. And when you have this high energy about yourself, then you can then give so much more to the people in your life. But that can't happen if you're stuck in a negative narrative. If you're stuck in the disbelief about yourself, if you're stuck with an energy that is so low that other people are repelled by that energy. It's like a magnet. The opposite of a magnet will push people away. Negative energy does that. It pushes people away or it makes people feel very bad about you or, or sad for you. That's not what you want to be with yourself. You certainly don't want to be that person. So do the work that it takes to love yourself first and then give that love to others. So the most important person in your life ought to be you, and then you have a list of other people who are as important and very important to you. Take care of yourself first, because this is where it comes down to. So let's get rid of that self-sabotage. Let's get rid of that imposter syndrome. That's another one. I hear a lot of people say, well, I don't deserve this job, or I can't possibly ask for that job because I'll never, I'll never be able to fit in. I'll never be able to do this. You see what they're doing? The conscious mind has already given their unconscious mind all the work to do to make sure that they never get the job, never get the date, never get the whatever the body that they're after, already telling themselves self-destruction is coming. You can never possibly do this, so why should you even bother? So self-sabotage needs to be replaced with self-love, with hope, and more so than hope. Hope is a, it's a funny word. Uh, I love what Jim Carrey said about hope. Jim Carrey said this. He said, hope is a beggar. 
He said, I'd rather believe in faith because when hope walks through fire, faith leaps over fire. So let that sink in for just a moment. We can say, hey, I hope it works out. What if we were to change the narrative to, I believe it will work out. I know it will work out. Remember what I said about what you throw out to the universe you usually get? What you think of consistently usually happens? It's very true. It's not like if I think of a million dollars, a million dollars, a million dollars, it's not like a million dollars is going to appear. But if I think of it and I really truly want it, then I'm going to put the effort into making it happen, right? I'm going to attract opportunities that will make this abundance come my way. And it's very true of anything. What you think of and focus off the most when you put some effort into it and you take the steps to make it happen, those things will happen. So that's what we have to keep in mind. So let's get rid of the self-sabotage. Let's get rid of the poor me. Poor me, this happened to me. And uh, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. And when I was a kid, I, I was um, severely abused. And uh, that's probably why um, I'm the way that I am today. If you're talking that way, give yourself a shake. Come on. Because I, I'll use myself as an example. I was severely abused as a kid. I was pretty much tortured by a father who regrettably didn't have his life under control. He was a very violent alcoholic and I was physically abused, severely physically abused. I was locked in a trunk. I saw things that I should never have seen. He killed Santa Claus when I was seven years old. I could go on and on and on with a bunch of poor me stories, but I don't. I don't use the poor me. I look at those things and I recognize that I went through it. Those things did happen to me. But I also realized that it kind of happened for me too, because I became the man I am today as a result of the experiences that I went through when I was a child and as I was growing. I decided to make the narrative work for me as opposed to allowing the narr narrative to destroy me. And that's very true. A lot of people are stuck in their past. A lot of people drop into the poor me hotel. Have you ever heard of the poor me hotel? Oh, hell yes. I've been there myself. Been to the poor me hotel. I was feeling so bad about myself. Lost a house actually years ago. The interest rates were so high. I lost my house and I was really feeling bad. And I, I just, I lost it. I became depressed and I checked into the poor me hotel. I was in the poor me hotel for about a month. Could hardly raise myself out of bed. I was poor me and why has this happened to me? Oh, the why me lounge. I want to talk about the why me lounge. In the poor me hotel, there's something called the why me lounge. And the why me lounge is, well, it's a lounge and they sell these dirty drinks, half price. And they prompt you to come on in. Come on in, hey, you're at the poor me hotel. Come on into the why me lounge and sit here and just ask yourself why this happened to you poor you and why would this happen to you it always happens to you doesn't it the bartender's awful bartender just says there and says, yeah you know i'd poor you oh man and why does that always happen to you why are you such a loser why you why you and you're thinking why me why me right so poor me hotel why me lounge and there's also another spot it's a little bit of a ballroom it's the hatta the hat had i done this had i done that 
Everything would have been better. Had I only done this, had I only done that, and you start to just damage yourself. You start to spiral down into this, poor me, why me, if I had have done this, if I had have done that, and guess what? Get over yourself, get over those things. Those things do not dictate your future unless you allow them to. Your past does not create your future. Your past does not dictate your present or your future, you do. Your future you have no control over. You can plan for it, but you don't really have control over your future, do you? We went through a pandemic. Everybody had these great plans. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make X number of dollars. I'm going to be traveling here. I'm going to be traveling there. Then the pandemic happened and the pandemic said, no, you're not. Flights are not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You're under lock and key. And guess what? This is your reality. Good luck. And you're thinking, oh my God, everything is a poor me. It's all, life is over. You don't have control over the future. What you do have control over is how you respond to the present, to what's going on. We take a look at the example of the pandemic. People could plan for the future, which we should be doing. We should be planning for stuff. But let's not put all our weight and all our dreams and, and everything into the future because it may not happen. We just don't know. Tomorrow's not guaranteed to anybody. Things could change. What we have control over is this moment in time, how we choose to respond to life. And I am a believer that we are each or should be first responders as opposed to first reactors. Here's another thought. Are you a first responder or are you a first reactor to life? Let's take a look at what I mean. When we take a look at our emergency services, let's consider firemen, firewomen, ambulance attendants, hospital staff. Let's take a look at an ambulance attendant, man and a woman in an ambulance. They're what we call, or what we believe to be first responders, and they respond to emergencies. So if there's an accident down the road, we're thinking the ambulance is on the way, they are first responders. What if, what if in that ambulance, we had two people who were first reactors, which means that they react to life. They don't respond to it. So the ambulance pulls up at the accident scene. There are injured bodies all over the place. There's a lot of blood and the first reactors jump out and they look at this whole thing and they react to it. It's, it's a mess. There's people calling for help. And they both go, oh my goodness, look at this. This is so terrible. Oh, that person looks in such great pain. What do I do? Oh my good, I don't know. Oh, I, I, let's get out of here. Let's go back to the station where it's nice and safe. Let's jump back in because I can't take this anymore. I can't, I can't look at this. I can't hear anybody screaming. They're reacting to the situation. So they jump back in their ambulance and they drive as fast as they possibly can away from the accident scene. Yeah. Is that the kind of person or people that you want responding as first responders? No. What we would have, the proper scenario to that, is the ambulance pulls up on the scene. There are several injured people. There's lots of blood and the first responders jump out of their ambulance and they look at it and they take a deep breath and they go, we're ready for this. We've trained for this. That person needs this, that person needs that. And they don't even have to really think about it. They just go into action and they start helping people and helping the injured and taking care of business because they are first responders. 
So let's go back to you. Are you a first reactor to life or are you a first responder? A first reactor reacts. Something happens, they're told, hey, you're an idiot. And they react to what's said. They don't respond, they react. Oh, how dare you hurt my feelings or you just said this about me and I'm just gonna internalize that and feel so bad about what you just said. They're reacting to life. First responders, on the other hand, they take a deep breath. If they're called an idiot or whatever it is, or they're told something or something happens to them, they don't react to it without taking a moment to think about it. They take a deep breath. If it's that, hey, you're an idiot, take a deep breath and go, why would I take that personally? It's coming from another human being who has an opinion and I have no idea what's going on in their life and why they would even say something like that. I wonder why they would say something like that. And as opposed to reacting, saying, oh, you're an idiot too and you're just a terrible person, the first responder might go, why did you say that? Or are you okay? Everything all right? They're not taking it personally because they've responded to life. Respond to life as opposed to reacting to it. It's so much better. You're told you're losing your job. First reactor would let their whole life fall apart. Now, I'm not saying it's gonna be easy. Remember, life ain't easy. Life ain't all rainbows and sunshine. It's gonna knock you down to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. So say that you were told that you were losing your job. If you responded to it, you would take some time to let it sink in and take some time to devise a plan on what to do next. A first reactor won't, they'll crumble, they'll break, they'll fall. A first responder will start to think, okay, what is my strategy here? How can I make this, how can I take this terrible situation and turn it into something that I can work with or something that will be good? And I tell you, a lot of people who've been through some terrible shit they have been able to respond to it and turn it around into some great stuff. And that is the truth. All we need to do is, is read the memoirs of someone, the autobiographies of people who were st struck with terrible things happening in their lives and they turned everything around. And that is what is possible in the lives of people like you and I. So thank you very much for listening. I'm Paul Nadeau. Go on out there and live your life as though you intended to live it. Live it the best you possibly can.